0: Welcome to this webinar series, Physical Activity Researcher podcast and International Society for Physical Activity and Health, ISPA, have started a collaboration. We have edited their webinars to audio-only podcast versions, so you can listen to them also on the go. Our mission is to advance science and share scientific knowledge, so if your organization as relevant webinars or lectures, and would like to get more audience to them, please let us know. But without further ado,
1: let's jump to the webinar. So I would like to move to the next session and I would like to introduce uh, Matthew Ahmadi, uh, who will talk to us about the first pooling uh, data resource. Matthew joined our group in Sydney in, uh, um, in, in August, 2020. He finished his PhD at the end of 2020. And uh, I would like to highlight uh, that Matthew wears an awful lot of hats. I wouldn't have time to list the hats, the different hats that he wears within the consortium. He provides tremendous leadership across a number of fronts. Uh, and he's uh, formerly, he's part of the working group of PROPASS as the lead of the uh, accelerometry data uh, processing. Matthew, the floor is yours. I will stop sharing my presentation so that you can share yours.
2: Thank you to everyone for being here today and thank you to PROCAST for the opportunity to present the preliminary findings of the first PROCAST pooling project and to briefly go over PROCAST as a data resource. This first project is being used as a pilot test for the methodologies and techniques that will be used for the pooling and harmonization of different cohort studies around the world. It is important to note that in this first pooling project, we did physical pooling of the data resources, but in the future, ProPath, the a data resource for researchers will not require this. Using ProPath's federated data analysis platform that is currently under development, researchers and end users will have harmonized data sets ready to be used to answer a wide variety of reflectivity and health research questions at the proverbial push of a button. This first pooling project began about one year ago and we started completing data and materials transfer agreements with six different cohorts, the 1970 British cohort study, the Australian longitudinal study on mental health, the Maastricht study, the Danish selectivity cohort, the Finnish retirement and agent study, and the Nijmegen exercise study. In addition to what I have said previously about this being a palette test for the future PROCAST techniques, the overarching aim was also to explore how the full spectrum of device-based physical behaviors were associated with CBD risk factors The two primary objectives being to examine the associations between traditional PA volume and intensity, along with device measured activity type classification and cardiometabolic outcomes. We also examined the compositional association of movement behaviors with the same outcomes. In order to process and harmonize the accelerometry data in this project, and for the future federated data analysis platform, ProPass has developed a state-of-the-art software called ActiPass. For the researcher wanting to use the ProPass data resource, they will not have to use or worry about ActiPath. In future iterations, ActiPath will be given to cohort PIs to process their accelerometry data before uploading to the federated data platform. And we had this in mind when designing the ActiPath graphical user interface. We wanted it to have easy end user functionality with a logical flow that guides the person processing the data through easy to follow step-by-step guides. This ensures consistency in the processing between cohorts and prevents user errors while simultaneously minimizing complexity and burden for all participating cohorts. Displayed in front of you is a beta version of the GUI. In the right-hand column outlined in red provides the step-by-step prompts that will be followed and the proceeding radio buttons cannot be activated until the previous step is completed, which helps prevent potential errors or inconsistencies. And in the black box on the upper left, prompts will be displayed to help guide the user in the processing. Keeping in mind that we want to make the data processing very easy to complete, the entire process is finalized from the push of only four buttons. ActaPass also provides automated quality checking, and in the five cohorts that we have procured data for and completed data harmonization, 7,739, or about 85% of the total sample will be included in this first pooling project. Then once we complete harmonization of the master data, we anticipate this to include an additional 7,000 participants.
0: our our gym, our exercise sessions? Um, And if so, does that make a difference? So I'm going to uh, speak through first the example for BMI. So what this graph is showing, what this specific dot is showing is the average composition of the sample. So on average, a person in um, our cohort spends about 10 and a half hours sedentary, seven hours sleeping, five hours in light activity, and then just over an hour in moderate to vigorous physical activity. So for someone who has this Behavioral profile, we would expect their BMI to be just over 27. Um, so first we're focusing on sedentary behavior and we're going to look at what happens if we was, were to replace sedentary behavior with um, moderate to vigorous physical activity. So what we see is we replace it with MDPA and there's an impact of lowering BMI. And then on the flip side, if we're actually removing our MDPA, and we're we're um, being more sedentary instead, then we can see this quite a stark rise in BMI. I just want to highlight again, these are all unadjusted preliminary uh, models. The next behavior that we looked at was um, light intensity activity. And what we can see is quite a similar pattern. So again, if we're going to reallocate time from being sedentary to being light, we see this positive for um, BMI. And then the inverse would be negative. But we see that the effect size is slightly smaller um, than if we were to do moderate um, activity. And then finally, we're looking at um, the impact, sorry, this should be the impact of sleep. And so what we see um, is that sleep and light intensity activity have a very similar, um, so i a hand back to Matthew.
2: Thank you, Joe. The aim of project one was to examine the association between total PA volume, intensity, and activity type with cardiometabolic outcomes. And for the scope of this presentation, I'll be focusing on BMI and glycated hemoglobin. To assess the relationships, we use generalized linear modeling, and I'll be showing the unadjusted models. One of the novel aspects that ProPass offers is the ability to investigate the activity types that comprise the more traditional intensity bands. By identifying the associations of different activity types within intensity bands, provides potential to improve our understanding of the health effects of physical activity, which in turn can make public health messaging more effective and easier for the individual receiving the message to implement in their everyday lives. Displayed in front of you is the relative risk of obesity by MVPA core tiles and two of the components that comprise MVPA from our sample, which are brisk walking and stair climbing. And we can see that the more bang for your buck, so to speak, in regards to lower obesity risk comes from stair climbing as opposed to brisk walking. And now looking at glycated tumor building, we can see that a similar pattern also emerges with regards to diabetes across all four MVPA quartiles.
0: Overlap. So, this bottom right quadrant it seems to suggest that it doesn't matter what we're replacing in our day, but any um, additional engagement in MVPA is a good thing. So, then moving on to the HPA1C example, um, we see some slightly different patterns. So, this MVPA pattern continues to emerge. Um, but what we see here with sleep, um, bearing in mind that an elevated HbA1c um, score is meant to be a negative outcome. Um, and what we see is that if we replace our sedentary time with sleep, this is a good thing. This could help potentially lower the HbA1c, but that there's no association with light activity. So it seems to suggest whether we're sitting or whether we're doing light activity, that's not going to impact HbA1c. And then I'm gonna highlight one more, one more thing here for sleep time, which is the light activity. Um, So if we look to the top left quadrant of of sleep, so this is where we're replacing sleep time with light activity, which is the orange line, we actually see that that could elevate HbA1c levels. So this is suggesting that um, if you are deciding to wake up early, take away an hour of sleep to engage in light activity, it might actually have a negative impact um, on HbA1c. so I know this is a lot of data, all, all of the 12 lines, and I, I won't speak through all of them, um, but we're, well, from what we've explored so far of our um, different cardiometabolic outcomes, there are some um, different patterns. So we're, our future steps are to explore these across all 10 of our outcomes, and then start to look at um, interactions, um, look at adjusted models, and just understanding if, if the patterns might differ potentially by males, by females, um, by age, um, and other characteristics. So I'd just like to acknowledge a um, huge amount of people, names that we couldn't fit on one slide. So the cohort studies, the members themselves, the PIs, the individual members of the team that, um, have helped. Um, the Pass team, in particular, um, Peter and Passan from Uppsala uh, University. The non-accelerometer harmonization team, I mentioned that was led by Andy Atkin, um, who had a, a good group working with him. Uh, our funders, our advisory panel, and then finally, um, the greater PROPASS team. Thanks, Mindy. That's a really great question. And I think, to be honest, all of them were quite difficult. I think there's a time consuming aspect on the individual from the cohort filling out that first Excel spreadsheet. But then a a big challenge is taking six different studies that have asked questions in completely different ways. So I think things like education and um, socioeconomic position are good examples, because there's no easy way to harmonize education systems are different across countries. So I think that's the, the most challenging to look at. Uh, and we would have one person leading on a variable and then bringing that back to the team, suggesting a bit of discussion about what would be the best option um, and then moving forward. And then even within that, we, we've ended up with a couple different, I mentioned a couple different variables for a single construct. Um, and the, the reason for that is that when we're doing the harmonic, when we're analyzing data, we want to be able to include all six studies, but then we also want to have more uh, detail than just a crude binary variable. So it lets us do some sensitivity analyses where we might only um, look at cohorts who have a really good sensitive measure um, of, of our covariates of interest. Um, different cardiometabolic outcomes. There are some um, different patterns. So we're our future steps are to explore these across all 10 of our outcomes, and then start to look at um, interactions, um, look at adjusted models, and just understanding if, if the patterns might differ potentially by males, by females, um, by age, um, and other characteristics. So I'd just like to acknowledge a um, huge amount of people, names that we couldn't fit on one slide. So the cohort studies, the members themselves, the PIs, the individual members of the team that um, have helped, um, the Act Pass team, in particular, um, Peter and Passan from uh, Uppsala University, the non-accelerometer harmonization team, I mentioned that was led by Andy Atkin. Um, Who had a a good group working with him, uh, our funders, our advisory panel, and then finally, um, the greater ProPass team.
1: Thank you. Thank you, Matthew and uh, Joe. Uh, before we move to the uh, q and session, I would like to offer a retrospective introduction for Jojo jo is uh, based at University Col- College London and at the Institute of Sport, Exercise and Health and um, in uh, Propas like uh, Matthew she's wearing quite a few different hats. She is the lead of harmonization and uh, one of the harmonization leads. Uh, we have different roles within, because it's such a large area. And also um, uh, Joe and Matthew, both Joe and Matthew are behind our Twitter activity, our social media. Uh, and we have one question. Uh, I'd like to, the first question is from Gemma Rai. Gemma is asking, how light is your light activity in your analysis? And I guess uh, if I read uh, correctly your question Gemma, you would like to know more about the uh, light intensity classification method. So perhaps can I start with Matthew with uh, trying to address this question first and then Joe may want to add.
2: So thank you. So with our thigh accelerometry placement, we're actually very easily able to effectively separate light activity, which we call LIPA from standing. So oftentimes you'll um, get the classification between standing and the traditional slow walking. So our LIPA constitutes what we call slow walking. And right now with our ActivePath software, all our intensities are based off um, stepping cadence. However, in the future, we're looking to improve our classification of intensity using a little bit more advanced methodologies.
1: Thank you. Thank you. Uh, we have a question from Nidhi. Uh, Nidi is asking, could you please elaborate on the burden associated with harmonization? specifically, which task was the most time-consuming? I would like to ask Joe to try and address this question first.
0: Thanks, Nandi. That's a a really great question. And I think, to be honest, all of them were quite difficult. I think there's a time-consuming aspect on the individual from the cohort filling out that first Excel spreadsheet. But then a, a big challenge is taking six different studies that have asked questions in completely different ways. So I think Things like education and um, socioeconomic position are good examples because there's no easy way to harmonize. Education systems are different across countries, so it's, I think that's the the most challenging to look at. Uh, and we would have one person leading on a variable, and then bringing that back to the team, suggesting a bit of discussion about what would be the best option, um, and then moving forward. And then even within that, we, we've ended up with a couple different. I mentioned a couple different variables for a single construct. Um, and the the reason for that is that when we're doing the harmonic when we're analyzing data, we want to be able to include all six studies, but then we also want to have more uh, detail than just a crude binary variable. So it lets us do some sensitivity analyses where we might only um, look at cohorts who have a really good sensitive measure um, of of our
1: covariates of interest. Thank you, uh, Matthew. Would you like to add anything to just?
2: I agree with Joe, the most difficult time to impart was definitely the um, non-associative harmonization just because of the different ways questions were asked across different countries.
1: Uh, And a a last question from uh, Andy this time. Uh, To what degree do you think the different associations seen for brisk walking and stair climbing might be attributable to exposure measurement error? Uh, And Andy is referring here to differential measurement error between uh, stair climbing and uh, brisk walking. In other words, perhaps stair climbing was captured with less error than brisk walking. Uh, Matthew, would you like to take this?
2: Yeah, Yeah, so we've actually done some external validation with the algorithm we use for our placement. And we see that uh, flat ground walking is classified between 98 to 97% of the time correctly. Stair walking around 80%, I believe. So as far as our potential for misclassification, it is relatively much lower than previous methods that would try to do activity typing from a device-based measure. We can never rule out misclassification, but we can always do our best to minimize it. And right now we're very happy with how we are able to minimize that error. Thank you, Matthew. Uh, And that
1: brings us to the close, to the end of uh, this session. I hope that uh, these two presentations uh, were a good taster of what's following.